Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supertop podcast. I'm Oshin, recording from Dublin. And I'm Podrig, recording from Vancouver. This episode is brought to you by Steam Clock Software. Um, we'll have a little bit more about that later for you and an interesting opportunity for developers out there with them. Cool. Well, should we do some follow-up? Probably don't have too much, but we have a couple of notes here. Um, we talked about Twitterific's Kickstarter campaign, I think on the last episode maybe. Um, they had been aiming for 75k and had stretch goals set for 100 and 125. Um, they've got to 100 now, so that's pretty cool for them. Yeah, that's great. It's good to see these software projects getting funded. Yeah, yeah, and reaching their... And reaching even stretch goals as well of the two of them that we've spoken about lately it's probably connected it's probably because of all the coverage they're getting from the super top <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> so will they have direct messages now do they hit that i think they get yeah direct messages was for 100k from the language i'm not quite sure if it means that they're definitely going to get them in the version that's first released or just that like they'll get out the version that they would have got out for 75k but now they also have the funding like to do an update later oh okay yeah, they'll be funded at least to to the second version of it. One question that came up on the Release Notes podcast that we I mentioned the episode last week, but didn't talk too much about the details. But um, one question that the guys had for Craig was whether they saw like this seventy five or hundred k or whatever they reached with this was like did they see that as like a boost to get them through development and that then there would be another big sales spike when they released it. But Craig's answer was basically that they're expecting they're thinking of this more as like pre-sales mm. um like that they don't necessarily expect like they think that they're getting this bump now and that it will be a much smaller like a launch bump so it's not that they have this pre-bump and then another big launch bump as well it's more like bringing forward the launch earlier like the people that would have given them the big launch day will be on board at this stage rather than in seven months or whenever the app is released. Right, that's really interesting. We should, or hope someone follows up with Craig and when they do launch, we can see if that holds or not. Maybe we can ask him. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty interesting to think about if like if that's your total sales for the year. Much nicer to have it up front and have no risk. Yeah, it's like get that up front, that funds the, like the seven months development time and then like continuing like the sales that you get from then on are like more that they fund like the small updates or the bug fixes and stuff like that rather than funding or like back funding um, the entire development cycle that happened. The 2.4 beta of Castro is going pretty well. A couple of small issues, but nothing nothing huge. Yeah, it seems to be standing up pretty well. Um, it's magic voice, whatever it's called, is... Uh... <laughs> a few people wrote to us. It was nice, actually. A few people wrote in with suggestions for what we could call it. I'm not sure any of them will ship, but I like the suggestions. Yeah, they're fun. They're funny. I'm not sure like whether the right angle is going to be to go to try to come up with something that's as... okay just quote unquote smart as smart speed or is this like like is a branded name like that or would it be better in the end to just be something that's more descriptive of what the feature is doing rather than like since the idea i guess is the pocket cast has it has already added theirs overcast obviously has has it has it as well um like by the time we have it it'll be more of a commoditized feature and i wonder like is it better to just be very descriptive with it rather than trying to like put a trademarkable name on it i'm not sure yeah i think that's a that's a good question all right um and i almost don't want to do something that sounds so new and different that people are misled into thinking it's not the same feature hmm. 
because everyone's doing the same thing, maybe like slightly different settings on the compressor or whatever, but it's the same basic feature. Yeah, I don't want to make people think we don't have voice boost, but we have something else. And then they'll start asking Marco to do like super magic voice or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so some of the suggestions were magic voice, magic audio, speech fix, sharp speech, clear speech, clear talk. Isn't clear talk something? That sounds like something, all right. Clear voice, whisper away on Mumbler. On Mumbler would be a good feature, but that's not what voice boost does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to try and mumble something very low now and see if anybody understands me. Have you had it switched on the whole time? Yeah, it's been on just always, basically. It's bad for music. The only time I turned it off was during um, a song exposure. Because like, some parts of music are supposed to be quiet. It's not all supposed to be the same level. Uh, yeah, no, that's interesting. I guess I haven't... I've been listening to a lot more talk stuff the last few weeks. Yeah, I usually listen to talk stuff. But, but that was the, the only time it hit, I remembered it was on was when it was listened to... I think the most recent song exploder, which is like pretty well edited and already sounds completely loud enough. I should probably be, I mean, since it's the beta, I mean, I guess I, I wanted to have it on all the time just to basically initially see if there were any issues that showed up when it was on and um, might be good at this stage to start toggling it more often and start getting a better sense myself of like exactly what it's doing to specific episodes. Yeah, there are a few little, depending on the exact moment you turn it on, I think it can make like a click sound or add a little pause just as it kicks in. So hopefully we can do something about that. It'd be cool to be able to turn it on and off without unlocking the phone and going in and doing all that. I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I wish Control Center let us throw a few extra controls on there. Yeah, that'd be cool if they had like, yeah, you can just add text that can be toggled or add a like a your own image for certain controls or something like that. Yeah, kind of like complications on the watch maybe. Like that you can just have... It would probably get a bit crazy, but anyway. It's already crazy, though, so just give up on keeping it sane. I guess it could be in a widget type thing that you could use from the lock screen, but I don't want to, like, overcomplicate our widget and have it doing, like, all sorts of things. Oh, you could have multiple widgets, I guess, but that's... Mm, yeah. One of the articles that came out after Overcast 3 was about triage, and I think uh, Jason Snell wrote, wrote it explaining how he does triage with but still uses Overcast rather than Castro. It was an interesting article because I don't think people were talking about triage before Castro came out. So it was kind of cool in a way to be to like see the change you've made in people's perceptions. And then like obviously a little bit depressing that it's like, here's how to do the flagship thing from, from our app using a competitor's app. Yeah, I bet that article is very high in Google search results for podcast triage now. I, I also felt like it wasn't... What he was doing wasn't really triage, um, and I don't want to get too too far in the weeds. Well, yeah, let's let's go completely in the weeds on what triage is. Go into the weeds. What is triage, Oshin? Is it not just essentially deciding between what you want to listen to and what you don't, or like being quickly able to take actions on like a set of data and like divide it up depending on like what you want to do with it? Well, I I picture it. Like a triage nurse in a in an emergency ward, like everyone who comes in has to be dealt with in some way mm -hmm. and cued or like told to go away or whatever. So it's it's not so much like Castro does offer like you can skip triage altogether for podcasts that you really like or ones that you don't listen to any episodes of for the most part by auto queuing or auto archiving. So it's not about creating work that you wouldn't have had to do anyway. But for those other podcasts, you've made an active decision on each one 
it's not just about like you're shopping through a list of possible episodes and picking them. It's you've decided to not listen to the ones you've decided. Yeah, I think that's like the critical part, I think, of... I don't know if it's triage or triage. I don't know. I think I say triage. You say triage. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah, the critical part, I think, of it for me in terms of like at least that workflow that uh, Jason outlined in that article um, is that the ones that you don't want to listen to aren't going anywhere. Like, yeah, you can you add the ones that you do want to to your up next or to your priority playlist or or whatever. But the ones that you haven't, everything is still just stays there in the original place. Mm. Like queuing, it doesn't make it or adding it to up next doesn't make it leave like the original place where it was. Yeah, I think we have this nice concept that like for the most part, there's it's like this one physical episode object that you're moving between places. It's not just like a database view on different things where like the same episode can appear in multiple lists. Now something, yeah, that doesn't hold 100% true, but for most of the daily use of the app, you're like, if one physical thing comes into the inbox, you like move it into the queue or you move it into the archive. That was a big metaphor that we wanted to create, right? Like we wanted it to be more that there were places in the app where you move things and then things happened based on where they were rather than you toggled states on and off on things and then by doing that that also then made it show up in a different place or and yeah exactly because that was like castro one worked like that where you'd like mark listened or mark unlistened to make it appear in a list or not Mm -hmm. but yeah like when we were designing when we were designing castro 2 triage didn't start out as like a feature on a whiteboard it kind of grew out of how we were talking about the data model and the user interface because our starting point with it was we didn't want to have played and unplayed and downloaded not downloaded as these states that you just toggle all over the place and make things appear or disappear in lists because those terms get really overloaded in most apps we've talked about this before a little bit but let me just try to have the canonical explanation of this here so these terms played unplayed let's just focus on that one downloaded is a bit different they're really overloaded in podcast apps. In English, it just means like you've listened to it. You say you've listened to one second of the episode. I think that's a logical interpretation of like someone who never used a podcast app, what it means for an episode to be played. Oh, well, I always wonder about that, for example, on YouTube and stuff like when is it? I think YouTube does consider it watched as soon as I've watched a second of it. Whereas, like, say, Netflix seems to be better about having, like, in-progress states and then it's not really watched until you've gotten at least to the credits or, or whatever. Right, but it's, well, we could agree that you've listened to some portion of it or watched some portion of it. Yeah, yeah. But in every single podcast app except Castro, as far as I know, um, played, unplayed also means, like, because every ep- if you subscribe to a new podcast, all of the 200 back episodes will all just be marked played, which is not, they aren't played, the user might have listened to them in a different app they probably haven't listened to them but they're all marked played so so that that extra layer of meaning is is piled on top of that and then you have to do these like completely ridiculous things like mark unplayed an episode that you've never listened to before (laughs) just just to get it into a queue or get it into an inbox or something like that so i remember we talked about this for hours about like how we could build an app that didn't like confuse those words the way every other app does. And then I think triage was just something that emerged out of having solved that problem. Yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, I think we're we're trying to not hijack the meaning of played because it has such a strong meaning already. And so in Castro, this allowed us to have a history as well where like an episode that you've actually played 
that means something. Yeah, because one thing that always annoyed me, like in Castro One and in any other podcast app I used, is that like you go to look at like all the episodes of a podcast to then try and pick a new one to listen to. Mm-hmm. But you, there's no distinction between, it's not clear at all which ones you've listened to before and which ones just are in that state because they came out before you subscribed to the podcast. Yeah, exactly. And so many podcasts, okay, most of the podcasts we and probably our listen, listeners listen to are maybe more news ones where you want to listen to this week's episode. But there's so much good stuff out there that's like, goes back years like all the bbc documentaries ones and in our time and the back episodes of 99 percent. like they're not about apple news that just happened this week they're like about fairly timeless things or story podcasts where you want to listen like from the start through yeah like someone could listen to serial season one starting now and they wouldn't be missing anything mm-hmm. so yeah there's so much good content but every app is focused on like news shows really like things that came out in the last few weeks and it just throws everything else like back below the fold or whatever. Um, I, at one point, I, I really wanted to do more with the archive in Castro too. We, I guess we didn't get to it yet, but I, I wanted to try and surface those things and encourage people to like look through them and find the old episodes. You still can pretty well, I think. We can make it better. Yeah, this isn't really about triage, but I guess just now that you mentioned the archive, I mean, in terms of like where are any potential points of confusion in the flow of what we do have in Castro? The archive is probably the source of a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, because that, that is the one place where things are doubled up. As where well. everything is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we got to a point where we had a design that worked for everything else and then a lot of stuff got dropped in the archive <laughs> because we had to finish. Yeah, my brother, um, my brother listens to quite a lot of podcasts, but he doesn't have... Um, he doesn't have an iOS device. He listens. Oh, he does have an iPad actually, but he listens to podcasts on his on his Android phone. Um, so he he also has quite, or has historically at least had quite an aversion to paying for apps, much to my <laughs> chagrin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but um, and so he was. It was a few different podcast apps that he was trying that were like free on Android that were like certain details about them were annoying them or like their servers were unreliable at picking up episodes and stuff like that um so i tried to convince him ages ago i said look i think like you should try pocket like i hear it's pretty it's good on ios and i hear it's like i imagine it's going to be pretty good on android as well and it definitely is not going to have the problems that you're describing with these other apps but he was uh, very hesitant to spend uh, four euros on an app but he he finally uh, he finally capitulated and and uh, bought Pocket Casts last week. Oh, cool! And then uh, subsequently we were uh, texting back and forth about how he was trying to like set up the different filters in Pocket Casts to get it like as close to like a, a structure as Castro's inbox and queue oh, as right. he could. So how did he? Did he get there? Yeah, he got it's like he got pretty close with it. So to recreate the inbox, he basically sets up a filter that just shows shows that are haven't been listened to. Now this is based obviously on the played and unplayed state that we just spent a while uh, complaining about. But uh, anyway, it's based on episodes that haven't been listened to um, and haven't been downloaded. So he doesn't and he like turns off auto download. So then. Similarly to like in Castro, like new episodes all do come into the inbox like that and are not downloaded automatically. Then his queue or like the closest thing to the his the queue, the way he uses the queue is that then he basically has a filter that just shows like stuff that is downloading or downloaded. And so then to like queue stuff, like to move stuff from the inbox to the queue, 
he downloads it <laughs> which then because of the way the filters are set up that means it leaves the uh, quote-unquote inbox and arrives in the quote-unquote queue now he uses the queue more as like or i shouldn't really be calling it a queue but the equivalent that he set up uh more as like okay these are the episodes i definitely want to listen to um pocketcast does have like up next features as well but there's no like an up next um playlist essentially um but he you, that always uses continuous play and he doesn't like using continuous play um so anyhow he mostly got there at least he got to the point where he has like a list of new stuff that he hasn't decided whether he wants to listen to it or not and a list of stuff that he does want to listen to but you, you can't like manually rearrange the stuff in there because it's just like sorted by release date and he doesn't want to like add stuff to the up next queue because he doesn't want it playing continuously but he got a, he got a good part of the way with some I thought the the uh, download the like using the downloaded filter item was was a a clever way to kind of get that stuff. Yeah, it kind of turns it on its head because I wanted to not ideally the user wouldn't wouldn't ever have anything to do with downloading in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like obviously you have to expose it because there can be errors downloading stuff and people need to be able to control their cache sizes a little bit but like episode by episode you shouldn't have to care about downloads which is why the queue will just automatically download the next 20 hours or whatever in Castro but yeah I can see how if you turned it on its head um, and like you manually download it and that's what puts it in the queue filter yeah that that works (laughs) (laughs) yeah is there a way to get history uh, no, he was kind of he was kind of disappointed. But he liked to he wanted to have history, but um, basically because of like the played and unplayed stuff that we just talked about, uh, he can just get a list of everything that hasn't been everything that's um, quote unquote played. But that means like every every episode that isn't in the inbox, basically. Oh, okay. So it could be ones that he's marked played or whatever. Yeah, not based on whether you actually whether he actually did play it or not and so does his inbox how does he clear it does he just like mark all played or something marks it played yeah and then so then that goes into his history and everywhere as well but interesting anyhow he's happy and i think he's going to be much happier with pocketcast than he was with the whatever free version free apps he was using before no definitely (laughs) okay well i'll take a moment and let you know about steam clock software we've mentioned them on a few episodes before so you might be familiar uh, with their work they're based in vancouver and they make some of their own apps and they also do a lot of like client services using the experience that they have from building their own products and bringing that to other people's projects this week they wanted us to let you know that they're looking for a senior ios developer who can be productive in swift which Podrick, can you be productive in Swift? Um, it remains to be seen. Because you did talk about wanting to work for these guys someday, <laughs> maybe, perhaps. <laughs> so they're looking for somebody in Vancouver. So if you're in Vancouver or if you would like to be in Vancouver, this is for you. They always focus on hiring long-term employees, but this time around they'd like to experiment by hiring a contractor for three months with a potential to turn it in, to turn it into an employee later. So this is a great opportunity for you to figure out basically over the first three months whether this is a place that works for you and whether like it's a good fit with you and the way that Steam Clock work. If you're a developer who cares a lot about design, polish, and building and shipping great apps, I highly recommend that you get in touch with Steam Clock software. We'll have a link in the show notes where you can apply for that position. Um, or if you go to steamclock.com, uh, you'll be able to learn more about the company there. Thanks again to Steam Clock for sponsoring this episode. Yeah, thanks, Steam Clock. 
You're the best. We're going to bring back bug of the week. Yeah, bug of the week. It's not even really a specific bug. It's like rant about HTTP specs a little bit. So the bug this week is HTTP. (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to go and talk. (laughs) This episode has me talking in it a lot, so hopefully that's not a problem. I'm going to drink water for the next five minutes. Okay, so every website address starts with HTTP, which means they operate over HTTP. So, and that's a spec for how web browsers or podcast apps talk to a website. Okay, hold on. I'm going to take some notes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to make this so that someone who isn't a developer could theoretically understand it, but I'll probably lapse into acronyms pretty soon anyway. So podcasts are served as uh, feeds over HTTP. So when, when our backend server wants to pull in all the podcasts feeds so that it can send them to the app, we, that's we're using RSS over HTTP. It includes, HTTP includes all these features that to help clients not keep downloading the same duplicated data. Like if I want to refresh the super top podcast feed, I don't have to keep getting the whole feed again and again to see if there's anything new in it, or at least I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to. <laughs> um, so there are two groups of features that help with this. And one is caching headers that tell you this data is good until next week, or it's good for 24 hours from when you retrieved it. And then you know you don't have to go and retrieve it again until that time period has elapsed because there won't be anything new. We end up turning these features off. This is the bottom line of this bug of the week. Is we- Yeah, that one in particular seems, at least immediately on the surface, kind of problematic in terms of like how do like how does the server know when I'm about to add a new episode, for example, or not? Yeah, so if, if you have a podcast where you release it like at 9 a.m. every Monday reliably then you could do it but probably a lot of indie podcasts aren't as certainly ours isn't that reliable anyway um so for us we shouldn't set that header but if you had a more reliable scheduled one you could say this feed is good until monday morning at 9 a.m so we ended up turning that off in castro one or like not turning it off but ignoring those headers and not respecting the caching stuff it sent us because there were a few popular podcasts i think all the ones on the this week in tech network um, they all said one day. So that meant if we requested a podcast feed at 1 p.m. and an episode came out at 2 p.m., uh, we wouldn't get it until the next day at 1 p.m. because we would have respected the caching information they gave us, which was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And so we turned that one off ages ago. Then there's another one that's almost always works and we only have had to turn it off very recently <laughs> and it's called conditional fetch. So when you do a request, you ask for the feed the server also returns a token and that token will change every time the feed changes. So next time you request that web page or feed, you send that token up with your request and then the server can decide is this token out of date or not. And that one works really well for the most part because then you, you're still asking the server if it's new. So even if they posted an episode randomly, that token can still update and the server can still give you the actual information. It's not time dependent. And then it responds with just a 304 code. So it's a very, very short response that doesn't cost doesn't cost the server much work to generate the response and we don't have to do anything like we don't have to reparse the results or anything like that that one's been great but we had we hit an issue recently with uh, the exponent feed where they changed the e-tag which is that token i was talking about and then subsequently an episode new episode appeared without changing the e-tag again it's hard to figure out exactly how that happened because usually it's pretty automated but I've talked to some other podcast app makers and they've seen it too. 
Uh, it's probably something to do with some kind of CDN, like some other server ahead of theirs that's trying to cache their results. But it's really frustrating because that response, that allows us to skip a colossal amount of the requests that we would have to make because we can, we request the feeds, say, every 15 minutes, but like every single one, except for the one where the new episode comes out, that's just going to be a three or four. So there's no work to do. So we do those requests like 100 times a day. If the show has one episode a week, then once we'll end up getting the data and the other times we're just getting this tiny response back. So if we turn that off, we end up having to do a lot more work because, and the server itself ends up having to do a lot more work. Like those 700 times we request that feed would now, instead of it just saying three or four, nothing's changed, it's now going to have to give us the full thing each time. I, I think like a good middle ground is to maybe respect that e-tag for up to an hour, but then throw it away. Mm. Um, so then we still get to skip a qu- or three quarters of the requests, but but not as many as we would have been able to. But any, yeah, like an interesting bottom line of all this is that our users want episodes and they blame us and switch apps when we don't get them, which is reasonable. <laughs> So we we have no power to push hosts to do it the right way. And even when we email them, they often don't know what we're talking about or they don't respond. There's this tragedy of the commons thing where because like 0.001% of the feeds don't do it properly, we have to just assume every server is doing it wrong. And we have to like do this lowest common denominator thing for everyone. So yeah, that's bug of the week. (laughs) (laughs) That's a sad story. (laughs) Yeah. The same thing could be repeated with tons of things inside the RSS feed the same ultimate conclusion of like the most basic thing that can possibly work somebody will try to do that (laughs) so you can either decide no i'm going to respect the http spec and punish any podcast hosts who don't do it and then you lose all your users or you can just remove one more cool feature that was saving you tons of work i mean if for example we just um ignored it altogether for every single refresh yeah how many extra servers would we need we would need significant amount of extra processing power right yeah i think we'd like double or triple them if we were just going to completely ignore it so like yeah we'd be spending hundreds or thousands extra per year now i think the the approach where we just keep it for a few hours will save us from doing that but maybe we find that that's even not enough in future what do you think about the idea of like a blacklist or a whitelist or something like that or you just prefer you think it's better to stay away from like sort of manual stuff like that well we'd have to like these issues happen and we'd only know if someone happened to email us Hmm. so like we'd already have missed an episode potentially for we'd have to miss one episode for every podcast that did it wrong and have someone email us about it so i think we'd end up missing so many because there are like there's this long tail of podcasts that have five subscribers where there's like a hundred thousand of those podcasts and it adds up to a lot of different users there's another thing in rss where there's a pattern where you put the newest episodes nearest to the top of the feed. And I had this really nice uh, optimization on our parser that would, as soon as it hit one episode it had seen before, it would stop, which like saved us tons and tons and tons of work. But then like you find one podcast that does it the other way and puts new episodes at the bottom, and then you lose it and you have to throw that away too. <laughs> It's just, it's depressing because you can't, like some of the things that are fun about being a programmer are figuring out those really nice optimizations that like cut like 90% of the work, but then like all it takes is one bad apple and then you're back to not being allowed to use that. Yeah, we need to learn how to stop having fun as programmers, I guess. (laughs) Bug of the week, done. Sure, I guess, will we wrap things up with a little podcast talk? Sure. Well, one thing that's actually been going on 
for the month of March. I'm not sure who initially organized this, but like I've heard it on a bunch of different podcasts and seen a good bit of it on the hashtag on Twitter, which is tripod, but as in like T-R-Y. You see what they did there? It's like tripod, but it's like try podcasts instead. Essentially, it's a campaign to like try and convince people that if you're feeling enthusiastic about podcasts and you love podcasts and there's somebody else in your life who also might, but who hasn't gotten to that point yet, that this is the time to share your favorite apps and your favorite podcasts with them. As in literally like take your friend's phone and install your favorite podcast app on it and set them up with a few podcasts and just kind of overcome any of the hurdles that somebody might see in the way of like getting them into podcasts um i guess that's one thing with podcasts is that there is still like a little bit of a a little bit of a hurdle there at the start um and i think that puts off a certain amount of people uh from trying them out so so this is the month to help people get over that hump so just wanted to say that if you did want to try that out and you wanted to recommend the super top podcast to anyone or recommend the castro podcast app to anyone that uh would be very happy if you did that so have you found any new interesting podcasts i've been listening a lot like every day essentially to um the daily it's like from the new york times i listened to their election podcast the run-up they stopped doing that obviously after the election and i think they started doing this instead but i haven't actually listened to any episodes of this but anyway, I'll let you introduce it. <laughs> it's basically like, so it's like comes out Monday to Friday. It's short enough. It's usually like between 20, maybe maximum 30 minutes long. It's a very nicely produced, basically summary of like the previous day's news, like to get you up to speed. I think it comes out at like 6 a.m. Eastern time or something like that. So like it usually shows up here for me, like at about 11, uh, 10 this week because of daylight savings time. But I've been enjoying it just in terms of like, it's a short, burst of news and information that I can get because I got quite overwhelmed and like I've started like I got quite overwhelmed trying to like keep on top of everything by like reading tweets and clicking through lots of different articles and stuff I've kind of turned away from Twitter a little bit in the last few weeks or at least I just scroll to top like you like very very often and just like read a handful of tweets each time I open Twitter so it's been I've enjoyed it in terms of like keeping on top of some of that new stuff obviously it's like from one source and it's probably not good to get all my news from one source but that's what I've been doing for the past couple of weeks at least I think there's definitely a lot to be said for getting all your news from a real newspaper versus Twitter which I've really been disappointed at how much stuff like how everything gets such a loud voice on Twitter like everything is a crisis and everything's a major thing whereas like people who've been doing this stuff as a profession have a much better handle on like how to place how to place an event in the context of how important it is like that uh bbc dad that was very important for example and the bbc covered it in detail (laughs) very important cultural event do you remember last year or a couple of years ago there was this like live stream of a puddle somewhere in northern england Uh, it was on one of these um, one of these live streaming apps. I'm not sure which one it was, uh, but you know where you like you have your reactions and your comments and all the bubbles are floating up or whatever and all this stuff. And there was a puddle beside a bridge, like beside a footbridge in some town in northern England that like people 
you couldn't walk it was too deep to walk through it and so everybody that encountered it had to like find like some kind of creative way to like get around a puddle or like climb up on something or do all this and then some guy some guys had set up like their their phone pointing at this and just started live streaming it and it just went huge i watched it for about 45 minutes just like people i mean but you then and then people start showing up like to the puddle just because like the puddle has come this huge thing so it sounds like people go like on like a pilgrimage down to the puddle or like try to like because they want to get like on the internet or on like whatever the latest like thing is so it's like oh yeah let's get quick you gotta go down to the puddle everyone's gonna see us yeah that's amazing okay i think we found a new segment for our show we're in future anytime there's a popular meme on the internet tune in to the super top podcast and we'll give you our detailed analysis (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening if you made it this far well done (laughs) thanks again to steam clock software for sponsoring this episode and if you're looking for an ios job in vancouver take a look at their site cool we'll be back in two weeks thanks for listening